baby. I mean, that automatically points of you lot, doesn't it? Look, I just need to find a puppy from somewhere now. <laughs> I got two puppies. Nice. There. Lucas, that's not even fair, man. You can't do that. That is a puppy. Can't do that. Jones got a puppy. Jones got two puppies that keep playing on the bed. I told my wife. I told my wife. I go. I'm tuning into this call with or without the baby. (laughs) That is so not fair, man. Where's my tiger, Penny? You want to smile at him? Smile. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Hi, Jen. Oh, Jen's here. Everyone, everyone, at call. Where's Jen? I don't That was like the best just watching and looking at Jen's dog. You guys. And, and looking at oh, the baby. baby. There's a baby. And we've it gets got a baby. Dressed. We've got a dog. We've got someone up. dangling off a bridge. <laughs> okay, we're going to put Mark on. Dude. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, it's it's so good. Okay. just got off a running machine in the background. <laughs> um, I'll say, okay, everybody, all the other chickens. I can. I love this because I see all the chickens who aren't putting using their camera. Okay, I see. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Sure. Um, yeah, and I get to babysit Chris Pedretti's dog. Cello gets to come to this house tomorrow night because she has to do press early Saturday morning. Poor baby. So I get the dog. So I'm. Very Yay! Excited. I know it's the best. Brand new and great today. Oh, thank you. Um, today was a day. Today went. Today was a day. I did not expect it. Yes. I, the nerves hit at midnight last night because also because the Santa Cruz fires. Like anybody at home right now that uh, my roommate's on this call somewhere, but she won't ever put her. Oh, is Dawn on? I don't see Dawn. She must be here somewhere. Dawn, if if she's here, I'm going to have her watch questions. If she's not here, I'll put somebody else in charge. She might not be here. Dawn. I'm not seeing her. I don't see her. If um, I'm looking for a, um, a a willing victim to look at the questions and just help me pick them up. Me. Okay. <laughs> Wait, that was. Watch the chat. Oh, chat. They want me to keep an eye on the chat, right? I've I got chat. I kind of see them, but um, I'm a little bit punchy and I'm not really cognitively on right now. Don't but, worry, I've got the chat. Um, up. In Santa Cruz, and uh, and I don't know because my old roommate from 40 years ago is, is my roommate again, is at home with the house. And I have to tell you a very, very fast short story. Last night, so I'm looking at the fire and the way it is right now, it's north of Santa Cruz. It's taking out, it's taking out our, now our state parks. It's a lot of my friends' homes, if not gone, are going. And, um, and it's coming down the mountain. Well, Santa Cruz, if you know Santa Cruz is like in a bay. And we're at the top of this backward sea, like sitting here. The fire's coming and the fire's coming down. But if the fire jumps the freeway, Santa Cruz, because it's in a bay, could theoretically be surrounded by fire. And so last night it occurred to me, oh, I don't know if Sandra knows what to do if the house catches on fire. I'm mostly worried about embers, like in the Oakland Hills fire where the houses just started catching because the embers were so intense. I thought, God, if we get some of those winds and it goes, you know, fire creates its own weather. So I called Sandra and I said, do you know what to do? And she goes, I'm going to get the cats. And I go, well, you may or may not be able to get the cats. I mean, there's four cats and I don't know if you can get them. If I have a question. Yes, Mark. You go first. I'll read it properly as well. No, 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 you can't read it yet. I'm telling the story. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> um, so anyway, I told Sandra, she goes, I'm going to get the cats. I go, okay, get the cats. Maybe not. The story goes, I mean, the, I guess there's folklore that cats don't die as they die in fires. They, I mean, the wildfire is different, but they run away, right? They'll escape the house. So Katie's screaming, open the doors. And I go, what do you do after you get the cats? I told her where the cat carrier was. I'm like, shove them all in there. I don't care. She goes, I drive to Athos. And I go, no, Sandra. You go get my mom. She's like, oh my God, I totally forgot. So, there you go. You got to go get my mom. So anyway, I, the fires are still bad in Santa Cruz. But that got me nervous last night. And, um, and I'm only checking this because people are trying to get into this damn thing. Um, okay, good. I'm going to ignore all that. Um, so anyway, because of the fires, I started to get a little twitchy last night. Twitchy and then last night. It hit me that like, oh, we're, I'm doing this thing tomorrow. And so... For sure, it's funny. I talked with Chris and Gay beforehand today, and I was just like, "This, I feel nauseated." That was the problem. Is just this. Oh, it wasn't oh, um, nerves. It was like, like sickness, like you would expect going into yeah. a toxic waste. Adrenaline. It was adrenaline. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really gross. So, um, so the the part I want to share with you guys, um, it was so I, 
I'm, I just feel so loved. I can't tell you. I have so much support. That's just everything to me. I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it means so much to me. And um, when I got to the DA's office, they whisked Aww. Katie and I upstairs to go talk and hang out with the suits. Katie's like, I'm so not dressed right. And I go, no, no, these are their uniforms. They're not normal people. We'll be with normal people shortly. Um, but, <laughs> and then we got over to the court and everything went according to plan. And so I need to tell you a little backstory because today my life, hi, Sue's daughter, today my life um, uh, got blatantly somewhat viciously shared with all of you stuff I haven't necessarily shared mm -hmm. and so um so I'm going to tell you but I'm going to try not to cry but I might end up sobbing so because it's I've had a really rough afternoon the woman that spoke first today Jill Karen Morell uh, she has a different last name mm -hmm. now she doesn't she's not married to Don Lloyd anymore Mark I'm literally going to put you on mute because anybody else on mute too because um it does the crosstalk thing because it's the you know lateral mic so yeah folks if you can yeah, yeah no worries Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So this is going to be tough, but I'm going to tell you guys. All right. So Jill Karen Morell, I really, really wanted her there. I knew I had Carol Billings statement coming and Carol and I have gotten along great. I never met her in real life, but I knew I needed to know more about my stepmom because let's just be clear. And it was around age 10, 1960, seven, 70. Okay. Around age 10. Yeah. Eight, eight to 10. I was like eight or 10 years old when Charlene went from being dad's secretary to dad's, you know, girlfriend. I don't know what you want to call her because girlfriend seemed like a weird word. But at that point, it was 1972 and my parents got officially divorced. So I was 10 years old, but they were, they, we were split up before that, you know, the whole thing. How that, everybody who lived through the seventies knows how divorce worked. Um, and typically it was the secretary, right? So, so in that, in that transition, I was about 10 years old. Um, and I had to deal with this transition of Charlene being turned into my stepmom. But, but unfortunately, the other thing that happened, and this was a dynamic that, um, you know, I really didn't understand as a kid, I understood in therapy later, is that unfortunately, my dad did not, I don't know that he encouraged it, but he certainly wasn't aware that he had put me in a competitive position with Charlene, not my mom, that's who it should have been. But it was, it was me. And so what ended up happening, is it was always this choice between Charlene and me. So, and that never should have, I mean, honestly, kids shouldn't be part of the choice, right? You, you're there for your kids always. Like the, you don't choose your kids over other people. You just, they're your kids. Anything else that you're doing, and also you're the adult. So you can decide you have the power. It's not a power struggle. And you can decide there's not going to be competition. I love you and I love you. And you too, there, love is abundance, right? Love comes, there's never a limit to love. Love is abundant. Somebody like, I talk about Ann Penn, but it's the fact that Ann Penn loved my grandfather. I'm like, good. And I'm so glad he loved you because love is abundant. We can all have plenty of it. There's not a limited resource. Anyway, get off my, um, <laughs> back to the story. So today in front of everyone, oh yeah, go on mute, you gigglers, um, especially if you're drinking. Uh, so today I wanted Jill Karen there because I knew Jill knew Charlene in a way I didn't. I knew her as a little kid. And then, and then as a, evil step monster for a while and then all the other things that happen when you're a little kid and all this craziness is going on so I, but i really wanted jill there and she's technically technically they did they were not allowing non-family members to make statements but i thought charlie didn't have family like that we can't use that rule that's a bs rule if you don't have a big family and i said no 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 cheryl i want you to get her there so cheryl did work and 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 jill spoke to that that mike Mike Young worked with her a lot to get her there. Like she didn't even know how to use an Uber. And I know that kind of just find things there. But what you got to see, I didn't know what she was going to do in her statement. I, I smiled through much of it. I hadn't seen some of those photographs. The one, the one that got Katie crying and, it, and I would have started crying, except I was like, no, Jen, keep it together, is the one where Tiffany's on my dad's lap because Katie, of course, thought the same thing I did, which is that should have been my daughter, right? That was her grandpa that she never got to meet. So we got through that. I think the pictures were wonderful. And I have to say what Jill said about Charlene and dad was amazing because I didn't have that perspective. I, I was not afforded that perspective. Unfortunately, unfortunately, what you also got to see, and I didn't, I did not see this coming. I don't know why I didn't see this coming, but I knew it was important for her to be there today. And I'll tell you later what I think the universe was doing for me. But but I did not expect a woman who has prided herself on her Christianity and her faith 
whose email address is um, some weird uh, Philippians489 or something like that. I can't even say the word. Um, but it's about uh, goodness and going forward and, and you know, the, the promise of hope, which is kind of, you know, where I live. I, that's all I can think about is how every day you can consciously choose to make a difference or to give up. Like you can do those things. So I thought, oh, well, at least the Bible verse is like something I could get behind. Like, that's pretty cool. I did not expect her to stand up in front of everybody and talk about how her family embraced my family at the exclusion of me. I did not expect her to talk about my brothers and all their incredible qualities, which are completely true, but by inference suggesting that I don't have those qualities. So as I sat there listening to her, I thought, wow, do you, it takes like an amazing level of cruelty to come into the room where I'm there with my daughter and basically by inference either completely suggest that I am garbage or, and this is the part that makes me cry, what she did in this statement, which is, I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm sorry to share this like this right now. Go ahead. And it's requiring. It's okay. I know. It's just a incredible amount of vulnerability that I have not. Let me apologize. Just let it out, man. Um, you're among you friends. No, I'm sorry. It's just hard because it's so personal and so vulnerable. And I have not particularly shared this. But what she did today is what happened to me when I was a teenager, which is I think God disappeared. So one of the things Charlene was really good at doing was talking shit about my mom and her friends when I was around her. And I did not, that was so awful. I mean, I, Anybody who's going through divorce, please don't make the kids have to decide whose side to be on. We don't want to decide that. That's not our job. We just want you guys to figure it out. You're the grown-ups, right? But I was this little kid sitting in the back of this car one day in particular, and my God, they were going on and on about my mom and her friend. And and I finally said from the back seat, and this is a very Jen, Jen moment, you guys will know this is me. And I said, Charlene, could you please stop talking about that right now while I'm in the car? That was the yeah. last straw, apparently. At that point, I was written off. I was then excluded from their life. I was only, the irony is I was only, sorry. I wasn't allowed to participate in holidays or anything. I didn't, the, the reason, the, the joke of me, this Thanksgiving picture that Ann Penn sends around that she knows me because she thinks my brother Jay is me, I think, is that I wasn't allowed, <laughs> to, be at that. I wasn't allowed to be at that Thanksgiving. I was not invited. I, I was not included. And then that, and my grandpa happened to be down in Ventura that, or Santa Paula that time, but I wasn't allowed to be included. But what Jill did so eloquently without knowing it repeatedly today is ignored me or inferred that I was a, some kind of demon or bad person by how she built up my brothers. And that is exactly that. There's my therapy issue right there. You guys all saw it. It's in front of everybody, the whole wide world. Got to see my therapy I'm issue. I'm so sorry that that happened. Horrible. You know, so here's what I think it was happening in the universe because I knew I knew it was important for her to be there. I can't even explain it, but I've, I know I've talked about it and like Charlene at rest and I go, God, I've got to get Jill Karen there. I have to. And it, and it was, it was perfect for Charlene. But, but I think what the universe was also doing is I talked about birth order the other day and how our brothers and our siblings see the world differently because of birth order. The older kids tend to see more of the hard stuff. The younger kids kind of are oblivious and don't know because they're the babies and also they get away with murder because they're the babies. I think the universe today gave me the gift of letting my brother see what I lived with forever, like what it was like for me and how I was just gone, just eliminated. And the only time that Charlene and my dad needed me in for about four years, so I'm just going to I'm going to say it was like 13 and a half maybe to about 17 is that they would call me to come break up their fights. So once again, Jen Carroll's the adult in the room, right? They're fighting and like fighting. I told you about the silverware. They said, Charlene, flop. So one of the best moves I've ever seen and why nobody's used this in a movie, I don't know. But she took that whole silverware tray and flung that shit at my dad right outside onto the lawn. Like he had to dodge silverware everywhere. But that's the fight I'm called up to deal with and try to break up. And then 
when there are fights with Charlene's boyfriend, Rick Atwood was there one time and I had to go up and try to get them. I, I always figured the gun was going to go off because of some kind of psychotic fighting going on up there. Like it's nothing, it, like just crazy stuff. Um, hey, but, Jen. Yeah. Hey, Jen, it's Carol. Oh, there. Hey, Carol. Cousin Carol's on the line. So Carol. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's Charlene's cousin. So um, I'm sorry. I don't think you've gotten to see it yet, Carol, but it, it was hard. It was hard. Jill was hard. But yours was beautiful. Thank you. Hers was beautiful. I thought it was, I thought that was cruel. I did too. It was short and no. to the point and, no, and not much good. to it. But. No, Carol, you were great. And, and you haven't been able to see Jill yet. So I've got to find that link. For some reason tonight, I can't find the link of the recordings. It's hard. Okay. Oh, but I will okay. I will be texting or probably emailing you so you can look on a computer. But um, hey, I'll Jen. be sending that along. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's Chris. I showed up. Um, I just I know I'm interrupting and I I will go right okay. back on mute. But you handled that so incredibly well. I was yelling yeah. at that lady and I was like, Steve, can you fucking believe? Like, where is she? And Jen, you got up with poise and grace. You thanked her for being there. I had a little tear because I'm like, that was strength. You showed pure strength and that was garbage. I, I, it just floored me. I was so upset. So making big heart signs for you. Love you. You handled it with just pristine professionalism and yeah. your, the humane part that you talk about. You, you handled it. You did it. And there's no excuse for her, but you handled it. What kind of person does that at that setting at that time? Yeah. But he thinks I murdered my dad and Charlene. I'm pretty sure she's the one that reported me that night. She said the police showed up at her house, right? I didn't know. It's so funny because I, I, I talked to my mom after and I'm just like, I, it's so hard. And it's 40 years ago, but also you're a kid. And so the way things go in your brain as a kid are so different as an adult. You know, as adults, we kind of know how things work. We know where to put, like, that's extra. We don't need to pay attention to that. So for her to talk about the police showed up at her home in Thousand Oaks and talk to her, I honestly, even when she was talking about spending Thanksgivings with my, like, my brothers were added to their family, which I'm like, I don't well, I don't know when that happened. And then Thanksgivings and Christmases. And I'm thinking, well, but I don't even remember being that part of the narrative in our home. So I'm super confused. And she didn't bring pictures, which I thought was interesting. So I, do, I feel like that kind of became a fantasy in her mind because I don't know that it's true. But I'll have to ask okay. them. I'll talk to the boys about it because I don't know. So, so Jan, I just thought Jan... Yeah, I was late getting in. So who are we talking about? Jill Karen was saying, and you know Jill. You're Bennett. kidding me. You're kidding me. Okay. <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> okay, you need to see it because essentially what she did, Carol, is she came on, she talked, she kind of romanticized everything, and then, but she specifically made a point of not talking about me, but by inference also implied that I was not the things that my brothers are. So you'll you'll be fascinated since you know her, but it it just was. I'll be interested in your analysis after you see it. Uh, let's put it that well, way. Nothing, nothing surprises me when it comes to her. So, yes, I will be very interesting, uh, interested in hearing what she had to say. So, and no, she has not responded to my my. Outreach. You know, going out there to to reach out to her to try to talk to her. So, okay, that tells me a lot because. You know, you and I know life has warts. So we've laughed and cried about all the same things. So it, it, um, it, was, yes. it was not what I expected, but I will say that the pictures, the stories, they were sweet. I feel like Charlene was really present when she talked about the stuff that they did together. And I, I feel like that was really, it still was good. It's too bad it was mean, but it still was so good. And, and honestly, I feel like going, do you understand this whole courtroom? Like my kids right there, this whole courtroom are people that I care about and who care about me and really, but that's okay. I don't think she has that kind of awareness. I just hope, I don't know. I hope she can reflect on it, but I'm not here to change her. So uh, it just was well, did such a, yeah, go ahead. You know, when I, re when I reached out to her, I'm like, okay, so Jen gave me, gave me your number and I hope that's okay with you and this is who I am blah 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 and I sent her a picture of Charlene and I together thinking okay so now she'll know that I'm for real 
She'll know who I am. No response whatsoever. So. Yeah. Isn't it interesting what something like this reveals about people? Like it's just because we had another person in our, in the squad and I need to actually talk to her before I move forward. She might be on here, but maybe not. But we had someone else today whose step people came and she was super upset about it. And I, I get that because if they're not part of the core story, it kind of starts to spin out into what, like what other needs are being met here and what's the agenda and how are they coming at this? And they certainly haven't gone through the experience with all of us. This, I mean, frankly, you guys have gone through this experience with me way more than most people. So like, honestly, you would know how I am. I, I have a feeling half of yeah. you predict my behavior perfectly. So, um, but that's, that's just it. The steps get involved. I mean, that's one of the things, Carol, I've appreciated about you is that you just, well, you're just a regular normal person, but you just slid right <laughs> in and yeah. And you know, life is imperfect. So there was, there's, it, you didn't romanticize any of this. This is just the same. Absolutely thing. Not. Yeah. 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 How, did it, how did you feel? Because I, we were very upset because it was right before you spoke. And so my already in knots and I said for her to be that intentionally cool right before you had to speak was just blew my mind. Our minds. It, it, it only, the only, pro, the only thing it did, Sue, and I held it together till after court. And then there's two homeless people in front of the DA's office who thinks I had a nervous breakdown because I fucking lost it. I lost it so hard. And Katie was on her way to come pick me up. She had left. I stayed for Shelly Cruz and I actually got through Shelly's and I was like, I'm going to throw it. I got to get out of here. I got, I like, I, I, it actually was um, like claustrophobic. Like I got to just go outside. And so, and then Inside Edition wanted an interview and they were so not prepared. And if I had had one ounce of my normalness, I would have walked away, but I was like basically empty. I hadn't eaten because I didn't want to, you know, those of us with digestive issues don't eat. And so I was just like, let's, let's just get out of here. So I got done with the interview with Inside Edition. I don't even know what I said. And I went over to the DA's office where Katie was supposed to pick me up. And I swear to God, I was screaming. My poor mom, once again, took another one of those calls and I just said, this is my childhood all over again. This is every, she just so beautifully in front of everyone I know just recreated my teenage years. Like, how is that possible? So I know, so it, it, the good news is I don't know what it was. And a, and a little bit was the judge. I really like that judge. There's something about him that's so comfortable. Phenomenal. Like, he is phenomenal. He is that pair of old shoes, right? He's your favorite t-shirt. That's it. He's your favorite t-shirt. And so he's just comfortable, relaxed. He's emotionally intelligent. Um, his ability to look at you at the right times is everything. Or take that mask off. Thank God, take that damn mask off so you can see his smile. Um, he seemed to he, really like you as well. Did he? I, I didn't. Yes. I just was looking at him like as my anchor, but that's it. He was kind of my anchor. So that. You had him in tears, Jen. He was crying yeah, at you. You crying. had him in tears. Wow. Yeah. At, at, at a couple of times. his tears away. And the girl yeah. saw him like wiping his tears yeah. away. That's absolutely true. Wow. Well, he, he had, there's something about him. There's a, there's just a comfort there. So, yeah, and then, of course, I'm thinking of you guys, so I knew over at Camera 3, I feel like John Stewart, over there at Camera 3, um, the, I knew you guys were there, but my thing is that's who I cared about. I cared about you guys. I cared about um, my mom. I cared about, you know, who, all the people I needed to talk to that weren't in the room, and, and then I cared about the people that were in the room with me, which is, a, of course, and y'all did blow up my phone, so thank you. I'm not caught up on anything yet. I had to come home and eat, but uh, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my evening tonight when I watch SVU reruns but um it the the i knew i wanted to throw in some contemporary moments from this week so we did get confirmation last night where is lucas had it who had my i think it was lucas last night of the scoop about d'angelo's little rant oh god i don't know if rosebud's on here either i want to tell yeah you. that was me yeah, it was yeah. Lucas. He, it was Lucas. Uh, yeah, it was Lucas. Okay, so I was able to confirm last night, although Lucas, I'm not going to give up the whole thing, but I was able to confirm with Paige St. John at the LA Times that he was, in fact, looking directly there, that those six spots probably are all around her. And so I had begged her, I go, please, please 
please put a jar of peanut butter in your bag and just put it up on the on the banister. And she's like, right, I knew she wouldn't do it. I can never get her into mischief. She's far too for me. But um, what I did know is that I knew it was about the peripheral vision, right? He couldn't he couldn't not see us. So red, red, right? Red. But I, I knew normally when I publicly speak, I would move around and I thought, nobody said I can't move a little bit. I knew that microphone was my leash, but I thought I'm going to move around a little bit. I'm going to try to gesture because peripheral vision is this thing. And that's why I put in my little point about the six, the points of view being on the screen. Yeah, that's class. And so I just wanted to make sure he knew that if you don't have your peripheral vision, you can't know what's coming. And then Hi, I, Jan, I'm in here. Yeah? Okay. Hey, gay. <laughs> you were epic. <laughs> Thank you. That's, well, um, who, Sandy, uh -huh. Sandy or Trish posted about Mariska Haggerty today. Uh, I was talking at the DNC last night because I've missed all the DNC stuff. I have a big weekend ahead of me, I guess. But I want to hear Barack's speech. Apparently, I'm amazing. But um, when I saw that, I went, yes. Yes, that's what it needs to be part of the national narrative, right? We need to stay current. And, and my other big thing, uh, I wanted to address that fucking sweatshirt. Fuck that man for that sweatshirt. Whoever called him out on Tuesday, our rape victims of Tuesday saying he's going to sit there in his orange jumpsuit forever. Well, he controlled that was it. Me. That was Chris. Ah, where's that squeaky gal that's that little squeaky 15-year-old, where is she? I can't uh, I don't know where I, I'm here. I don't see my picture, but I'm here. Okay, good. Thank you for doing that. I was just like, fuck you, big boy. Exactly. Thank you. You oh. did it so well, Jen. Tell me your thing next time, Jen. <laughs> that me, I was just like, don't even. I know my friend Patty's like, tell him to straighten it. I go, no, 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 no. Take it the hell off. It's supposed to be orange. I was going to try to go buy one of the freaking Caltrans sweatshirts at Kmart or something today to take them an orange one. Like, you're cold, baby, cold. So then, so we go through the statement and everything. That was good. I, I mean, it felt really comfortable. And, um, and, and once I was able to kind of be present, that was good. But then, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to share this, but Rose, Rosebud was with me. She's our victim from Santa Barbara. So Mr. Kress came out. That is D'Angelo's defense attorney. And I was sitting there waiting for Shelly to start. So it's kind of a little bit of an in-between time. Oh, we had a break. That's what it was, a break. He came out. I actually said, thank you. I mean, I didn't, I, I, I meant to have it in my statement. I don't know if I thanked them. And in, in my statement. did. I did? Okay. Yeah, it was kind of like some parts glossed over. Um, but he came up to me and he whispered into my ear. And he, in this part, Rose, if Rose hadn't heard it, I wouldn't believe I heard it. He whispered in my ear, do you know how he admitted to all those cases? And I said, yeah, not the charged crimes, the cases he admitted to. He goes, you had a large part in that. And I, I looked at him and I go, wait, what? Whoa. And he goes, yeah, because you were beating the drum so hard and being so public about it, you had a large part in that. And I, wow. my oh my God, you guys, that was the moment where I went, everything, this, okay, so this to me is our victory. This belongs to every damn person listening right now. You can't be on the call right now, but you're listening in your car or while you work out. Plus, I hate you because I can't go to the gym. But if, wherever you are, whoever yeah, you are, who hears this, who cares about cold cases, who cares about victims, who cares about sexual assault, I swear to God, we band together and we have power. It is not me alone. It is all of us. We are legion. And I have asked today on every news thing I've done today, I have asked everyone to speak to sexual assault victims for a reason. The number one thing, if I look at what's happened here to my friends is that people were afraid to talk to them. And the allies, which includes everyone here, everyone listening, the allies are what saves us all. Without us taking care of each other, it doesn't happen. But when we pull together, amazing things happen. And I, I suspect that's what Mariska Hargaday would, would say, because she's also been able to call us legions, right? I mean, that's the beauty of what she's done with her life, she, a journey she never planned to be on. But that's, I need to share this with you guys because this belongs to all of us. And think what we just did with this case, because we stood together and said, we will not be ignored. And every one of you damn Jane Doe's who said, hell no, 
you get to own this too. Mm -hmm. This is ours. And that, the fact that he shared that tells me how important it was. He and I are going to go have a private drink someplace. I'll let you know how that goes at some time. But I like, I just want to sit with you after, like when you can't, when we, both of us privately, let's just go talk. Cause I find him very interesting, but, um, but I want all of us, everyone on this call and everyone listening to take this in your advocacy is so damned important. And even if it's just going to hold someone's hand or listen to their story or tell them they're not going to die because they're okay. We see you, we see you, we see you and you cat, you matter and you're important. Every one of you beautiful people. I swear to God, I love the zoom so much because looking at all of you, oh, I'm going to cry again. But I mean, I just feel like I, I feel the strength of this humanity right here. I feel it. Every person on this damn thing has done something amazing. So please, Take it in with me because it was the most beautiful moment of this day. Honest to God, that moment was the one. That is yeah. the shared victory. Yes, I'll shut up. Sorry, I'm just like. Oh, that's okay. I'm kind of interrupting. Sorry, but you just kind of hit this chord. This is Chris. And uh, just kind of to your point, when I was leaving on Tuesday, um, you know, there was a lady who just. Um, Wait, we're losing you, babe. Where'd you go? Get closer to your what? microphone. Can you hear me? Yeah, now you can. You just kind of got a little bit away. Sorry. Uh, so there was a lady, I was doing this interview or whatever, and she was waiting patiently. And I think she saw someone that she thought that would listen to her because I didn't know her. And what you're saying right now is like, just by being present and being available, she told me her whole story and how she had heard this, uh, the impact statements and all of us who were speaking had totally uh, spoke to her and she had to get in her car and drive straight down and she needed someone to talk to and I have never seen her before and she waited for me. So I'm just kind of, I guess, echoing what you're saying is you just don't know who's next to you or, or you know, everyone knows somebody who's been touched. So yeah. And you just made that, that this person got in her car so she could talk to somebody that she knew that would listen. And I was the first person that she saw. That's so huge. Yeah. And, and that's it, Chris, like we do know, and, and I'll emphasize it again, because I talked it on the Crompton video. The victims of sexual assault who aren't stranger rapes, because those are the, I was going to say the normal ones. Oh my God, look at what I'm doing. But the victims of sexual assault from people they know have such a harder road. So that's why we have to work even harder to talk to them, see them, and make sure they know that the shame is not theirs. It's not shameful to have been raped. It's just not shameful. It's fucking outrageous. It's not It's a shameful. crime. You have some questions, Jen? needs to immediately be placed where it belongs on the perpetrator. That's right. That's right, Gay. And Mark, you I have a pick? question. Yeah. Uh, who's that? Oh, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. I see you. Yeah. Um, can, did, did anybody get under uh, D'Angelo's skin? Meaning in the comments, yeah. the impact statements. Was there anything that stood out to you? Victor. <laughs> Every time someone mentioned Bonnie, he flinched. Every time. Man, he was having a blinking fit when she was when Jen was giving her speech today. I was watching him, and yeah. certain she was saying like a knife poke to him. He yeah. would start really fast. Otherwise, he was just staring. So there's a few things that Jen said um, in the courtroom today that it you could tell kind of had a reaction to it as he was trying his best to stay calm, but he he was. He was blinking very fast at certain moments of your speech while the deputies and lawyers were crying. So <laughs> it's interesting too, because I've had someone that's, that knows him relative to uh, the Bible. And she, she believes strongly that he, he may have at one point sought redemption. I'm not going to say this right, but bear with me. Sought redemption in that he was looking for a way out, but, but maybe not really authentically, almost like desperately um, trying to find his way to some sort of spirituality. But the Bible and, and his faith seem to be a little bit in play. So, oh, Jen, I can speak to that a little bit. Go, girl. I, I, I viewed the items taken from his house Ooh. last week, and uh, there was a sticky note. And it had like a Bible quote on it. And it was, thy will will not be done. 
kind of thing, that kind of thing. I can't quote it exactly. It was quick. I didn't keep it on. I scrolled by it, but it was, yeah, a little, it was a little perverse. I see what tomorrow. I'm going to look for that. I'm seeing those pictures tomorrow. Yeah, look for it. There, if you look at all of those exhibits, there should be, there are a couple of handwriting samples, notes to daddy, and that sticky note. Okay. Is this it, something that just you guys have access to? It's the, yes. it's, yeah, they're trying to have us go through the jewelry that was taken oh. from the home to see if it's our stuff, but universally across the board, not one of us and I'm looking tomorrow, has seen anything that's ours. That it's all. But Gay, I didn't see any handwritten notes. All I saw was jewelry. Really? Yes. Yeah, my DA showed me everything. Oh, that's probably it. We can view so. that because I've got stuff missing. Um, okay. Yeah, but I'm pretty confident that this is the kid's jewelry. It's what yeah, it's, it was like, it was like really junky stuff. Like Claire's stuff is what I've heard. Yeah. Like this, <laughs> I would see your girls are like, yeah, yeah. Nat, Nat's got a question for you, love. How do you feel about the killer's wife helping him transfer all his assets? Do you think she knew about his crimes before his arrest? That's a good point. So Mark, what you, you may not know because of where you are today of all days, Sharon decided to have a victim impact statement for herself that she released through, she submitted it to the court, I guess, but she also released it to Sam Stanton, who published it in the B. It's been picked up by other outlets, so you may be able to see it without a gate, because the B has a gate. Yeah, this is from Nat. This is from Nat in the chat, this question. Today. This is today she released yeah. the statement. So, um, again, like I said, if you Google her today, Sharon Huddle, H-U-D-D-L-E, victim statement, you should be able to see it. I essentially went on a bit of a tirade with the, there, was, there wasn't a gaggle of press. I was actually surprised. There was a small amount of press outside. Um, and I was, I was really thinking I was going to go put my head between my knees because I needed to stop spinning. <laughs> but they're all there, so you can't do that. But I, they asked about that specifically. And I said, I find it interesting. She chose today mm -hmm. to come out with her statement. I think it was inappropriate, poorly timed, insensitive. Yeah. Yeah. And if she wanted to do that, she's had two years why today? That is exactly. exactly. Can I ask who was that person you're speaking of? Uh, D'Angelo's ex-wife. But they're still married. Spoke well, no, they're divorced now. No, they're divorced. I think November of 2019 was the final decree. They were separated but still married. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, yeah. Um, different reporters. Well, well, she they led separate lives and they were in the other house, and I'm like. The house wasn't that big. Uh, and she worked at Jack in the Box? Did you read that part? Yeah. <laughs> I don't ever believe she worked at Jack yeah, in the Box. Maybe when she was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, it just, it, it was but like, not I not while they were married. No way. Do not want to focus on her today, right? That's not, it's just not your day, lady. Exactly. Back off, go away. And also, well, also what I found extremely provocative, except I had to think about it from her point of view, so I calmed down a little bit, but she was talking about her living in fear every day. And at first it was like, fear of what? Um, you already lived with the monster. What are you afraid of? But I, it didn't occur to me that people would want to hurt her, which I think is bullshit. So, you know, I don't, I cannot like her. It doesn't mean I would ever want to hurt her. So the fact that we live in a world now where people think they can take justice into their own hands, that's unfortunate because that's not how it should work. And, 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 you know, it's bad enough to not like somebody that's kind of, to me, that's already bad enough. I just lived through that today. Somebody not liking me that hurt, that sucked. So there you go. I got a question. Yes. Can you hear me? Hi. Um, do we ever find out what led him to Southern California in the timeline? I am the wrong person to ask that. Uh, I think there's a lot of speculation, but um, there's, the, you know, uh, that's a good question. And actually, you know what I think I'm going to do is a podcast on the timeline. You actually bring up a good question because I'm not sure we've really, there's some people on this call right now from Visalia, from Rockland, Sacramento area who actually know this timeline pretty well. And it oh, yeah. would be a good discussion, right? Margie, Jen, that would be a really good discussion to take yes. us through that. So let's table that one for right now because I am absolutely not the expert. 
Oh, there's so much more. Yeah, we can go through because we're also starting to see. Hey, hey Jim. Yeah. Um, I did hear at some point, and I'm not sure if it was through Paul Holes or something else, but that Sharon had taken a job in Southern California. Oh, yeah. I have heard that. You're right. And, oh. and um, their, one of their daughters was born down there. Yeah. But in Sharon's um, impact statement, she said that she just believed that he was always going to visit uh, his parents. Right. So there must have been a few, you know, like that was his reason for going down south, that he was visiting his parents. Or but I think that was Santa Barbara, because I think he had a brother in that neighborhood. I think which is Orange County. And then also, she did take a job down here, I think, in L.A. And so, and, he, and I think they had a place in Long Beach, which is L.A. County, but still, well, you know. And so, Jen, if you ever talk to her, her brother, he Jay. does. Yeah. He does talk about that in his book that these were places that were a very easy straight shoot if he was going to see her because they'd already bought the house up in wherever they're at. So, okay. Whatever. So, another, another part of the timeline that's quite important is what crime did he cross over from being a burglar and ransacker to a murderer? What What was the actual crime? What was the actual point he made that step from being a burglar to a murderer? So, Mark, this is oh, the, like, you like intentional. Yeah, you need to listen to the recording with Margie because she's going to tell you. Uh -oh. We go through we that on that podcast. We need to go back, no, even further back. Go back to 1968, San Francisco. Okay. I, I'm going to lay it out there, guys. Start looking at the Zodiac. Wow. Right, so, let's, so I want to table this part because um, yeah. I've got too many survivors on the line. I won't. I won't yeah. And I want to take advantage of their shared experiences. Yeah, yeah. But, but we can, sure. we're trying to build what I'll call an extended timeline because – there are literally people in Sacramento who said that he was active in the late 80s. Like, there's a lot of folks, and, and Margie's got stuff from earlier, so we're going to try to build that extended timeline, and um, I know some folks have volunteered to kind of help, so, and Margie's done a lot of work on that, Jen's done a lot of work on that, so we'll, we'll um, see what we pull together, but that sounds like that'll be an interesting crowdsourced project, and then the DA, of course, has asked for additional stories from this area as well. So, so Jen, yeah, Jen, Ron, former detective, um, he was the brother of the victim down in Southern California. He also told us while we're in the waiting room, actually, he was talking about it. He gave his impact statement today. Drew, um, yeah, this is Drew, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, his, uh, D'Angelo's brother lived in that same city where he killed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to get a lot of that. Uh, Carol, wait, Carol, you want to say something? Yes, it, you know, it's been interesting. Well, not interesting, but yeah, interesting. Um, looking at the timeline of all of this, because it's now being patched together and this is what's been going on and, and blah, blah, blah. My visit to California, and I'm from Kansas for, for, for the rest of you that don't know that. I've lived in Kansas, um, originally from Camarillo, but the timeline is there were many times when I was visiting that all of this was going on and I had no idea. And then Charlene was murdered. So it, it's all so bizarre. I mean, I, I look at, at the timeline and I'm like, oh my God, I was there when this happened. I was there when that was happening. I was there from Kansas when all of this was happening. So you know, the more you guys put into it, the more it, it just blows my mind of things that were going on. And, and I was right there and I did not know it. So. Yeah, you're, you're not that many years older than me, but enough to have been an adult, but barely. Yeah, but it's interesting because well, I, I also came up to UC Davis and went to Sac State and I didn't know there was an East Area Rapist. I just didn't know. And I was like basically in his foot. I was like, where all you guys have been in his footsteps. And I didn't know anything about what was going on in Northern California. My grandma never told me. 
Um, so yeah, it's so interesting how we existed, us as young girls, and didn't understand this, this, these, I didn't even know there were serial rapists in the 70s. I guess, thank God for print only newspapers. We didn't just hear about stuff like we do today. Um, yeah, there were a bunch of them. Yeah. I, I just wanted to say something, you know, in regard to um, the Susan. Okay, there you are, Susan. Okay, I see you. Sorry. Just, I'm like, somebody's talking. Who is it? Yeah, in regard to timeline and things like that, and if, you know, the, so just from the perspective, um, uh, I talked to another woman in a similar to myself today. In fact, both of us um, had assaults in 1979, sorry. and it, it really does look like it was him. But both of us are unacknowledged, so we, we shared the experience of sort of feeling like we're in the shadows, but yet, you know, we wanted to be there. Could we speak? You know, could we also? Yet, we're so grateful, you know, that of everything. But in a way. Um, there's also an emptiness to it. And when I was trying to research the case and look at the timeline, I saw this skip from July of 79 until murders. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, oh, well, I guess mine, you know, in September of 79, I guess, hmm, I guess he was gone by then. Or, and, um, you know, but he wasn't. It's just that that, that ours weren't recorded as, yes. you know, so there's many of us. So the timeline or, you know, the other thing, I'm just, just telling a, a little perspective here. No, Susan, um, I'm glad you're sharing your story because you're, you're one of my unfinished businesses now that I see who you are. I'm like, yes, we're going to finish this business because, yes, okay, so, so keep going. So there's official numbers, I'm victim X, I'm victim X. I'm victim X, and then these other victim X, <laughs> you know, are in, it's very, I'm just saying it's very hard. There's no, no. You know, I, when I heard Gay oh. speak, Gay Harwood, my husband, um, it was very, very helpful because of talking about, you did, you didn't just make a case for the next DA's campaign. You know, you said yes. things that were also reality, which is the way the justice system was then, but the way it also still exists and the difficulty of, you know, that people where they reached out, where are the files and so forth. Um, um, I, I was told by a detective recently that um, okay, well, a lot of things were lost because of microfiche. But then the woman that I connected with today, who's in a similar, she was also a 79 rape after mine. And um, she was brutal. And he had stalked her with telephones and everything. And it was very obviously sounded like him. Knives, the ski mask, the, the whole thing. And um, so... Uh, she was initially told, like I have been told, this, the point I'm at is that, well, we can't find your files. My detective told me they can't find the files. He oh, said, okay, oh, that's a news update for me. Thank you. She told me, actually, her files were not on microfish. She finally got a woman at the sheriff's department and the um, files were in a box. They were not in microfish. So I did write back to that detective to tell him, mm, I've heard they actually weren't even on microfish. They're in boxes. So I'm going to try to get through to the sheriff's department still. I, I you know, it's been a lot of years and um, it's interesting that the emotions now really surface because you were reliving that and processing, yes. wow, what was that that we went through? So what I county, what county were you in? I live five minutes from his um, teak court home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was in Citrus Heights. In Citrus Heights. Yeah, five minutes from him. So, so in, interestingly, what I want to say to some of you victims out there that have unrecognized cases mm -hmm. is that um, uh, those of us in these outlying counties had to our DAs had to sign an agreement that they would not 
press charges once he admitted to what he did. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, well, I think they have I, enough evidence to press charges, you know? Yeah. So it's I, very frustrating. Yeah. I first have to find the file. Um, I know that there was physical evidence, but there was also footprints. And so I have this hanging on this thread that footprints, maybe there's pictures and the measurements are still with the file as opposed to say the rope that was left or the blindfold that was left. So um, I, so anyway, I'm just hoping that they can find the file. Um, I was friends uh, with a deputy DA in Yolo County at the time and I gave him a call last week because there is still a friend and he remembers well. They, they were good friends. They were, uh, and, uh, um, Susan, you need to know that you, I, I don't know if it's any comfort at all because it feels yeah. like just words, but yeah. you're not the only person even on this call who doesn't have the same story. They're okay. convinced it was him that they've been somehow shuttled aside. Like Sandy, who was in court with me today, absolutely was shuttled aside. And, and, the, and there's this, and, and I, I kind of understand Victor's rage because, Oh, yeah. Ben has legitimacy because of a murder, but the minute you're somehow deemed illegitimate, that's almost just another, it's just another body slam to the ground, right? It's just one more way that you don't count for some arbitrary reason. Yes. It's it's very, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, ex and, and okay, you're listening to Gay keep chiming in, but Gay is fierce about this. And I, I feel very strongly, first, first thing for anybody, join Chris's Facebook group. So I'm our group it. is for sexual assault survivors. Yes. If we all know you're there, we know how to reach you. So that's the first thing. Anybody listening right now on the recording? Chris Pedretti, what's the name of your group? I think she's here. I'm sorry, what? What's the, you, I love it. This is like school. <laughs> Welcome to Zoom school. Hey, Chris, I'm going to call on you. What's the name of your group on Facebook? Sexual Assault Survivors. It's time to tell your story. And it's a beautiful I sunflower. Say, yeah. But I want to say to Susan real quick. Yeah. Susan, there are so many people like you, and we're actually working on a site right now. We haven't named it yet because there are people that have had like near misses and people that who feel that they have been raped by um, D'Angelo and they need to be represented. So we're working on a site and Jen's gonna help me with it so that you guys can connect with each other. That's fantastic, thank you. So, so first I want anybody listening right now, whether now or in the recording, go join Chris's group because you, I want you to start getting support immediately. Also, we can find you there. And then, yes, I did take on going to pursue these cases. I am, I got this thing turned out to be, because of COVID, I can't even tell you what a cluster this has been in terms of time and exhaustion and checking your birthday party list all the week and talking to everybody. So once I get home and maybe get a little sleep, um, we're back on the case. Like this is not done. And we're gonna do what we can to, un to uncover all the Susans all the Sandras, all the Danas of the world whose stories have still not been told. So yeah. I am not satisfied. No justice, no peace, people. No justice, no peace. We're gonna go fight the fight. We're not done yet because yeah. in this, and I'm hoping we're role models for everyone else out there who, like there was an arrest today. What's the arrest today? A cold case. There was a 20 year old cold case attorney. Is that the right name? Attorney, yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Sarah, Sarah Turney, her sister Alyssa, her yeah. step her stepfather has been arrested for uh, her murder finally. And you've also got uh, justice for DJ. His his death his death has been changed from uh, suicide to homicide, which is equally Oh my has been god. That's absolutely huge. Massive day for with your statement and a victim, all your statements, and then you've got these two great news as well. Oh my it's God! Been a really, you guys, really brilliant day for for. It was so hard to listen to the court hearings, and then I had an alert on my iPad pop up about Alyssa and a case, and I about lost it. I almost started bawling. <laughs> now, what 
Isn't that amazing? I mean, seriously, like when I, I had, I, I was dreading getting on Facebook because there were so many notifications, but I'm like, I got into what happened in the rest of the world today because I know something happened. And seeing that, and then hearing now about justice for Gigi being finally earmarked as a homicide. Oh my God, that's just amazing. And I'm not even good at keeping up with all these cases. And yet I'm, I'm like, just thrilled. So God damn it, I knew I was right to say, if everybody pays attention to this stuff, it matters. It does matter. It matters so much. Can I ask, can I ask you a fa anyone a favor who's, who's good with mums um, who lose daughter, uh, loved ones? There's a lady I, I, I won't take up too much of your time, but she's called Michelle Road Smith on Twitter. Um, oh, yeah, she's from Berkeley. Yep. Yeah, her son was just walking down the street, late night walk, just headphones in, bottle of water. He's a night owl. He just liked to walk. And he was just shot in the back of the head. Someone just walked up to him and shot him in the back of the head and killed him instantly. And it was well, only about seven or eight weeks ago. And I, she's been I, so I brave. I think I have a, um, a student who was his peer at UC Berkeley working on an article with her right now for Medium. Oh, that's does great. She, she needs story. all the help she can get. And if she you does. guys are forming some, you know, she needs people to reach out and help her, man. She's It's Michelle she's so brave. Road, R-O-D-E Smith. I tweeted about her a few weeks ago saying, hey, everybody, welcome her into the fold. And I think it's she's- Oh, brilliant. Has cool. been welcome. Sorry, apologies. But no, Mark, that she's it's great. It's one of those just freaking fluke murders that happened. But also, you know, she's at the beginning and all of us know at the beginning, you kind of don't she know what to do. She so brave, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, you don't know really how to tell the story. Me. Really, really affected me listening to her, her story. And the fact he was just, he was just a night out. He just liked walking at night. So, he was yeah. Just a kid, you know, just in joggers and a t-shirt and someone has walked up behind him and done so that. We're, and so, yeah, Michelle, let's hope, let, that's a case to look at UC Berkeley. And I also, um, of course, you know me, I'm going to also look to start to... Um, actively embrace more cases of people of color because and, and people of no means because these are the folks who often get overlooked in this stuff as well because they just don't have the resources so I, that's next on my list too in terms of my 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 vision but um, but th but as for today and as for this week and as for a good day for justice yeah I think we're all in and and, and if you aren't feeling good tonight, for whatever reason, don't think about pandemics or fires or politics or anything else. Just sit back, have that glass of wine or cocktail or, you know, light up, whatever you do to relax. Sorry, those of you in Texas who can't. Um, enjoy yourself the same. <laughs> in, in Kansas. Yeah, that's right. Carol's on my list of the other people I smuggle weed to. Um, so yeah, and if, if you're over 50, you're not using marijuana. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Because I, I, I live in the state of Kansas. That's, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Someone you had a poem for me. The best you, had a poem, you, had a poem, you had a poem, didn't you? The, uh, yeah, Who's the, the one from Kansas? Who else is from Kansas? Oh, Carol, Charlene's cousin. Giselle, you didn't even think what? about it. That, like, yeah, you guys are kind of close. So, is she on? Is she on video or? Is she no, she doesn't have video. No, but, no, I'm not on video. You can find her on Facebook though. She's creeping. She creeps on my Facebook. Oh, you're eight one six. That must mean Kansas City. That's right. Um, I am the one that looks like Janice Joplin. Okay. <laughs> Okay, really those of you that get excited okay. from weed, I'm so sorry, because what a waste. I'm so sorry. That's just the wrong reaction. I'm so sorry. That's that's your experience. Because for the rest of us, legal, is it legal uh, in California? So, yeah, the rest of us we go to sleep and we get happy. It's the only thing I know that I can play candy crush. You have to you you need to that those of us that are over 70 didn't smoke weed because we still have good memories. Oh. Huh? A, well, I don't have that excuse, but I, you know, I, I, I blame mine on Topamax. I remember. <laughs> I love this. We just turned into a, city, a senior citizens ailment convention. That's awesome. This is like hanging out with my mom now. Now I just, where's my mom? She could just jump right yeah, in here. Bring her on. Yeah. Always didn't ailment. inhale. Right? Yeah. Didn't inhale at all. So. That's right. All right. So I'm going to look at the time. It's an hour. Um, we're talking tomorrow if you're up for it at three. I might be coming to you live from Carol Daly's house because we're supposed to be together tomorrow at three, I think. So, Jen, yeah. Can I just, I just yes, ma'am. Sorry. This is for Mark. I think, right, Mark? Yeah. yeah. So, Mark, this is Chris. And uh, 
one of the first ones I jumped in when you guys were all meeting, we were talking about the impact statements and you were very emphatic about, you need to look him in the eyes and just tell him what you feel. Yeah. And I took that to heart and uh, that's not my style, but I made sure I tried to look at him like four or five times and I uh, wanted to say, say thank you for that encouragement and it just made it like bigger than just myself that we were also kind of speaking for everybody who, who, you know, has gone down this journey and I've just been waiting to say thank you. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dan. I just wanted to say thank you. Mark. No, I think no, no, thank you. I, I, I just felt that he would really get off if he had a load of people in front of him crying and that's what he wanted. That's what he did, isn't it? That was his MO. He humiliated people. He made them cry. He made them suffer. But you've all stood there. You've looked him in the eye. You've got in his face, so to speak. And he hasn't flipped. The reason he hasn't moved, he wants to... I would take it as a massive compliment to yourselves that he's trying to freeze and zone out and not listen to you. Whereas if he was all cocky and blase about it, it'd be like sniffing and rubbing his head. I honestly think you've got to him more than you'll ever know. I think you've humiliated him, absolutely humiliated him. And as you say, Jen, you did your bit and then you went outside and you were all emotional outside. I mean, that, that was, that yeah. was the way to, I think that was the way to go was yeah. it, it, just it, not show him any upset or, or, or as little as possible anyway. And it was just brilliant. You've all, you've all absolutely nailed your statements to the most, unbelievable degree and that's thanks to the judge as well for not not stepping on your toes and not he's just let you speak and he has been and he, he actually speak. cried at yours Jen. he actually started crying at your speech i'll have to watch that i have to watch the harringtons too i don't i've heard from people about the harringtons talk that i and i don't i don't know what they said so i haven't watched it yet but i know it's something i need to watch kirsten we'll have to link on twitter ma'am i would like to send you a dm on twitter actually so let me, um, I'm going to ignore Mark. Um, so <laughs> I think that the court, look, I just mute this, mute this sucker. I have supreme power. Uh, so um, the one thing, they, the prosecutors were adamant that this be done in court. And after today, I, it actually was really clear to me when uh, yesterday when I was in court, is because it's that courtroom, it, it provides the necessary structure to help you manage your emotion. I think it, if we had done it in the ballroom at Sac State, it would have been freaking overwhelming, like way not intimate. The intimacy kind of gave you a sense of comfort that we were there with the people that we cared about. And the other thing I wanted to share, cause I shared it on Twitter, but I know not everybody's on Twitter and this is on the gossip, this is on the gossip side of things. So we have the rumor of D'Angelo speaking tomorrow, but I talked to Cheryl today. And the one thing she assured me is to not expect anything that we would find favorable. So, Expect him to be 100% on brand is what I'm saying, is that he is bitter, he is mean, he, is, he, he doesn't have a, he, he's a sociopath, you know, he doesn't have a conscience. So if he speaks tomorrow, please don't let him provoke you if it's provocative, because that he wins, right? So if he speaks tomorrow, find the humor, find the laugh, find the joy, go look at a flower, um, plant something, whatever that it needs to be, but just be prepared that if he does speak, it, it could potentially be incredibly toxic. He, he doesn't, he wouldn't necessarily be edited. I don't know that he come on and go, yeah, I did a great job, but I mean, but he, he, he's likely to disappoint is what I want to set your expectations. Is he actually going to speak? We don't have confirmation. That is the rumor. It uh, came I out did. of one of the jurisdictions, but that's the rumor. Hey, Jen. Yeah, it's good. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, being a former teacher and, you know, getting into brain science and stuff as I learned about how children learn and that's some of the things that informed my statement. Yes. You know, I'm very certain that he has like a very tiny hippocampus and a very insufficient amygdala, which is where learning and empathy all reside. That's and not the only it's <laughs> like we're back on theme so you're saying he's literally incapable of it is your yeah, hypothesis yeah. i think when they dissect his brain someday which i hope they do they're gonna find these brain insufficiencies where other people feel for humanity so that's interesting. That's really interesting. And I, I you know I, I really want to get his DNA string and like just start comparing it to Bundy's and everybody else. 
like I would just love to see what, where the chromosomes go sideways and what, where they're missing or there's a gap or anything, if there's anything similar. But that's like sort of my dystopian science experiment that we'll all do someday really yeah. weird. I was shocked when I was doing my research to, to learn that, that traumatic uh, experiences can cause those parts of the brain to shrink. And yeah, so- All are amazing. So- so I'm not, it's no excuse, no excuse whatsoever. I was looking for maybe sometimes the way I react to certain situations, you know, for a reason why. And, and that, that idea and that understanding of the hipp hippocampus that, that it can shrink and not function as well after a sexual assault and it's been proven. So I don't know what happened to him. I don't. And it's no excuse because we've all had excuses. But you know, all of our hippocampuses have probably That's been right. shrunken. Wow. Okay. So the okay. So this is so good. I love talking to you guys so much. I could do this all day. Um, all right. So I'm going to wrap this one up because this is a great discussion. We'll be back on tomorrow at three. Uh, ideally, maybe from Carol Bailey's house. I'll just carry my computer over there. And then, um, Chris, it's just pizza party, right? That's what we're doing. Some kind of pizza thing? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to be so rude because I'm going to be on Zoom, but that's okay. Maybe I'll just do it right in the room. Everybody can see people walking through. So, because, um, and you'll get to see, you'll, you'll get to come to one of our parties, which is not really a party. It's more like a. Oh, I want to come. Jen, I, I do want to end with something before you go. I wrote this for you last night. Can I please have read this to you live with all your friends? Yeah, you're going to make me cry again. Okay. <laughs> I chatted Mark, but everyone's been busy. Okay, so I thought of you, and there's a lot of metaphors in here. Just realize that, okay? I love metaphors. Okay, great. Okay. <clears throat> Sometimes on nights like these, like this, I find a spot in the forest upon, high upon a peak, allowing my soul to speak. I lay down a blanket, can't shake this feeling that no. is here is where I need to be. Lying down, I stargaze above the planets and sun. My purpose for existence must have fate. Here is where I need to be. That's so beautiful. And it's, it was so visual. That was wonderful. What a beautiful way to end tonight. And she read today it dangling is, off a bridge. Today is where you need to be. That is. That's, is. that's beautiful. It's where you all need to be. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. And all I right. will see you all next time. Much love. We all go out with okay. a big heart. Tomorrow. Yay, everybody. Bye. Love you guys. Bye, Jen. Bye. Bye.